On this episode of the Advanced Foundations Podcast, Free Indeed is a journey to wholeness and healing as you walk in the victory of all Christ paid for at the cross. One of the things that, as we begin this next session, I just want to give you sort of a, a picture in your mind. What we're really talking about here is the way the enemy tries to access us. And so we're products of our family. Whether you like it or you don't like it, we are. We talked about that earlier today. So we, we actually come out and we're moving in a direction. There's a lot of force behind our generations and a lot of things that are going on and the way we're raised. So we see things, we hear things, we believe things. And again, this is not about blaming parents. It's not about blaming parent, people. We just need to recognize that there's a lot of stuff coming our direction. Out of that are developed a lot of the strongholds that we have. Patterns of thinking are a lot of times the patterns of thinking and processes that actually came from our family. And so they move along, and we don't realize that they're strongholds because it seems normal, because that's how we've been, that's what we've experienced growing up. Then we'll go through this next section, which is talking about trauma and healing. We'll begin to see how the enemy tries to do things to hurt us and trying to use problems to gain more access to us so that literally demons can have some legal access to us. So what we're talking about when we do free indeed, we're talking about the closing the doors and when we, we cut off these access points and we cancel the ground, then what happens is we el- eventually eliminate the opportunity and or we expose where the enemy would try to take advantage of us. And so when we do that, what happens is that ultimately we begin to realize that, wait a minute, uh, I thought that way, but I don't have to think that way anymore. I don't have to act this way anymore because... I realized that, wait a minute, I've dealt with that issue. So I don't have to, you know, that doesn't have the same force. And I began to realize that, wait a minute, that that was a lie. I've been, I that thought that, I never thought about that before. That is a lie. And that lie is keeping me in bondage. And I'm not going to entertain that lie anymore. I'm going to discover the truth. I'm going to start getting free. And then this next section, we're going to talk about how to really get healed of hurts and pain because it's that same access point that the enemy is trying every way possible to gain some kind of leverage over you. And then ultimately, we realize that, again, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against spiritual forces of wickedness. And again, everything's not demonic, but at the same time, sometimes it is. So if you ignore the enemy completely, he has a field day. If you focus entirely on the enemy, he has a field day. I mean, the truth is, I was playing racquetball one day with a guy. This is years ago. And he wasn't very good. So I thought, well, there has to be some redeeming something good about this racquetball game. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, you said it's like life. And he said, you, he said, if you are playing in the front court and you hit the ball, if you turn around to look to see where the ball goes, you're going to get beat every time. So what you have to do is you've got to keep your attention on that front wall and on the ball, which is keeping your attention and focus on me. But you do need to be aware you have an opponent, and it would be good for you to know sort of where he is or her. You know, so you, 
you're 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 consciously aware that they're fading one side or the other, but you don't let that consume you. He said that's the way it is in life. You keep your focus on me, but you do need to be aware you have an enemy. And once you grow, First John chapter two says that children know their sins are forgiven, and young men are strong in the word and they've overcome the evil one, and fathers know God. So it appears that there's stages of growth in our spiritual walk. It says that we're to grow up into all measure, into the full measure of Christ. But a child stage, basically, you know your sins are forgiven. And, but the young man stage, it says they're strong in the word and they've overcome the evil one. So as our journey goes along, we begin to get into that place to where we realize that, wow, you know, there really is an enemy well, you begin to realize it's by and through the Word of God that we've overcome the enemy. But the goal is not to fight the enemy all the time. The goal is to grow up and to be a father or a mother in the Lord. To make you perfect, it just means that you you begin to, your level of relationship goes to a whole other realm. And that you just, you know God. You know He's love. You know He's good. And you don't, everything, it's not like everything works out the way you want it. That's not the issue. The issue is you know Him and you discover more who he is, and you discover more who you are in him. So this one, this is chapter 7. So if you have your manuals, if you'll turn there, I'm going to talk about trauma and inner healing. Trauma is a wound inflicted by sudden physical injury or emotional shock that causes long-term damage to our spirit, soul, or body. Enemies always try to take advantage of us, and trauma is an open door through which he gains access to us. Now, let me say this. What could be a trauma to one person might not be a trauma to someone else. And so we don't don't just all of a sudden think, well, it has to be some an accident or some kind of a physical deal. Listen, sometimes little things are traumas and and really affect you. And sometimes somebody next door it wouldn't affect at all. So don't get into this comparison deal. Well, my trauma is the honor. No, just realize that the enemy is always trying to gain access to us and, and a trauma or wound or something like that. You know, I see traumas as some kind of more major issue, but it doesn't mean that. could be for someone else. It's a, a small thing. You say, well, I can't believe that impacted you that way. We're all wired different. We're all, we all see things different. We're different people. And so we got to recognize that what this is is a point that the enemy is trying to gain access to us. Enemy's main tactic you do understand is fear. That's why it says over 365 times in the Bible, don't fear. Don't fear, don't worry. Because why? Because fear to the enemy's camp is like faith to God's camp. So it, it you know, it's these two opposing things, and they are constantly at odds with each other. But I'm telling you, the enemy knows he's trying to get fear in us all the time, trying to get us to worry about something, be anxious. Um, we can look at all the different kinds of terms, but the reality is, is that that's what he's trying to get us to do. Now, it says perfect love casts out fear. God is perfect love. And so a revelation of him and him being love will displace fear. Say it that way. It doesn't just cast it out. And so... If you look at it on a continuum, the more fear I have, I shared this last night, the more fear I've got, the less love of the Father I've probably got. So the more revelation 
that I keep moving and getting love of the Father, the less fear will have any impact in my life. So it's, it's just, it works that way. So what we need to do is not get worried about fear, because that's a manifestation of fear. The, the point is, is that you just need to recognize what it is. It's, a, it's what the enemy is trying to get on you all the time, worry, anxiety. The reality is, is that the, the fear and, and faith, fear or love, either one, they're, they're the two primary forces in life. And nearly every problem we have comes out of fear. Nearly every negative emotion comes from fear. So and here's the point. You worry, anxiety, you name all these names. But the point is, is that where the enemy is trying to get you is to stay in that place of unbelief, letting that fear rip you. Stress is actually a manifestation of fear. So we'll say, well, I've got a lot of stress. You know, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of stress. Well, where does that come from? Probably from fear. You know, we have a whole lot of uh, people that deal with a lot of anxiety and a lot of worried about every little thing. Um, again, that the real problem is fear. I have some, I was just, I think of stuff like, you know, well, you know, I'm, I'm really not fearful, but I just, I'm sort of concerned. No, you're fearful. We have lots of terms that we use all the time, you know. But the truth is, is that let's just call it what it is. Fear is the enemy. Now, we're supposed to have a fear of God. We're supposed to have a reverence of God. It's not, a be, it's not a being afraid of God. But we sometimes have a tendency to, to disregard that, and but we let fear come in. But truthfully, nearly all negative emotions that we experience are going to be root, rooted in fear. Going to be rooted in that that stress level that's in life. Um, really, most of the stress that we get ultimately, they even doctors will say a lot of our illnesses are stress related. A lot of them are coming from stress, and um, you know, so we got to realize that. Wow, what's that about? What's well, fear? The enemy's trying to kill you. Look, he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He does it, and he constantly beats on us to try to get us to either open the door to something that, that we shouldn't be opening the door to or get us into fear, something that really activates his kingdom. And so trauma is one of those deals. It really is something that, that causes us a lot of problems. So when you look at uh, this list here, conditions that cause trauma, have you had any of these in your life? You know, the truth is that we've had a lot of those in our life, probably. Abuse, whether you've had physical or mental or verbal abuse, whether you've had accidents. Probably everybody here has had accidents. You know, when you have an accident, even today, immediately take authority over trauma. Whether you're in a wreck or, or whatever you are, take authority over it. Immediately pray over yourself, you know, Pray over your arm, your leg, your head, or whatever. Take authority. Say, in the name of Jesus, take authority over trauma. And I command it to be, stop it in Jesus' name. And I don't and no fear in Jesus' name. If you're around your family members, if they've got issues and trauma, immediately pray over them. Take authority over trauma. Because again, enemies are always looking for that way to, to get in to try to cause a problem. Violence, obviously, is a demonic deal that opens the door, physical attack, rape, 
being dominated through control. Um, again, control is a manifestation of fear. When we try to control things, it's nothing but fear. Because if I can control my world, then I'm, I feel okay. I, I'm okay. But when something starts getting out of control, I try to grip it and pull it back because I'm afraid of getting out of control. So basically, when you're a controlling person, that's, again, fear-motivated thing. Obviously, excess fear. Divorce is a trauma. Loss of a loved one is a trauma. Near-death experience, that's a trauma. Problems with your birth. Trauma with your mother while you were in the womb. A surgery or medical procedures of any kind, financial loss. I mean, again, we could go on and on and on. The bottom line is, is that trauma is very, very real. Now, think about this for just a minute. It's not on. It's not in your your book. There, uh, we'll get it here in just a moment. Fear has many faces, and why I say that is because we think we know what fear is, but fear tries to pop up in all kinds of ways. Because again, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, we've already talked about anxiety and worry and stress. You understand performance or being performance-oriented is a fear-based deal. The fear of man, the fear of failure. I mean, we can list fears <laughs> for the next 20 or 30 minutes. All kinds of fears in our lives. And again, what's it designed to do? To steal, kill, and to destroy. And we must do everything possible to keep us from walking in the fullness of what he's created us to walk in. But the results of this, they produce feelings of loss. They produce feelings of hate, uh, guilt, anger, rejection, depression. I mean, you can name that list too. So most, and what I said, the majority of our negative, bad emotions are rooted in fear. Okay, now I'll, we'll talk about rejection. Rejection is is a it literally is all kinds of things. It's a spirit, it's a mindset, it's a pattern of of, of thinking. It's a, a curse generational thing that comes down the family line. Uh, it can be real. Can you actually be rejected? But the reality is, is that it is a uh, rejection is something that really is, you know. An enemy uses it a lot in our lives. It can be genuine in that the circumstances in your life have actually caused rejection. It's conception. A lot of times uh, when we are conceived, it's not exactly um, planned. And a lot of times people are uh, feel in the womb, pick up rejection from their parents when they find out that they're pregnant, and especially when it's an unwanted pregnancy, even though when the child is born, they love the child and everything's fine. They picked up in the womb, it's proven medically that you pick things up at, when you're formed in the womb, you start picking things up. Biblically, when Mary goes in to visit her, her cousin Elizabeth, they're both are pregnant, the, the, the baby leapt in Elizabeth's womb. That was John the Baptist. Uh, the, listen, we're amazingly created. And so even in the little tiny, little tiny embryo of just getting started, we're already picking things up. So you pick up things in the womb. So a lot of times we pick things up, rejection, that we're, but we were never rejected after we were born. But, the trump, but that trauma like, oh my gosh, do I have no money? Or 
at a wedlock or whatever, that can hit that little baby, but totally loved him and accepted after the baby's born. And you said, well, you've never been rejected. You've always been loved, but you feel rejected. Why do I feel rejected? Because you pick that stuff up in the womb. At birth, you could have been abandoned or could have been orphaned, or there could have been complications in the birth. There are a lot of issues that are involved there that can cause us to feel rejected. Now, obviously, lots of, lots of hurtful things in life and childhood. You might have had physical limitations that cause you to be rejected. You might be rejected by your spouse. There may be generational issues in your family. It may be reinforced through life by experience. Bottom line is the pattern continues. So the point of talking about this is that uh, rejection really is a trauma. And we've prayed for a number of people with rejection. And it's something that uh, God wants to free us from. We've not been rejected. We've, he accepts us. We are accepted in the beloved. We're not rejected. Jesus was rejected, and he was rejected for us so that we could be accepted. And it's amazing, but what the enemy uses this is to cause us to feel bad and to really just feel rejected and feel like, well, we're not accepted at all. When the reality is, is that that's a lie from the, from the devil. God does not reject us. He never will reject us, and he's always causing us to, to draw near to him. So there literally is a spirit of rejection, and you've prayed over people with that. And so what God wants to do is he wants to expose trauma and breaking trauma out of our lives. Now, again, you can't stop a trauma. Please hear what I'm saying. That's, that's because that's something done to you. So it's not the issue of what was done to you. It's the issue of how you handle what was done to you. That makes sense? So you can be in a you can be terribly abused. Again, what happens is, is that if you do what the enemy wants you to do, he wants you to get angry and unfor- and have unforgiveness and be embittered and and because he wants to kill you. And he wants to use someone to kill you. So you realize that that the enemy is your enemy, not the person. So how do you get out of trauma. Well, you recognize that it's the enemy trying to put trauma on you. Clearly forgive the person or persons or whatever has really brought trauma into your life. Because that's how that's, that's the pattern of freedom for everything. I said earlier, to the depth and to the degree that you forgive will really determine the amount of freedom you really walk in. And when you hold people, you say, well, you, you know, they shouldn't have done that. And they shouldn't have done this, and this shouldn't have happened to me, which is probably true. But you've got to you've got to release the people. So I want to pray. And again, you have your sheet, and I want you to write down things that are traumas in your life. And every one of those, I'd encourage you to pray over and ask God to show you if there's areas there that really you've the door is still open to the enemy. Does that make sense? Because again, a lot of times we don't we didn't even realize that there's a that trauma where fear has gained access. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your love, and we thank you for all that you've done and all that you do. And we just take authority over the trauma, and we ask that you, Holy Spirit, would reveal any trauma that's in our lives and anything that the enemy would try to gain acceptance, 
access try to inflict us. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that we want to shut the door to trauma. We want to shut the door to fear. You said perfect love cast out fear. So Lord, we're not subject to fear any longer. And so I ask in the name of Jesus that you would cancel that fear. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, you didn't give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So in the name of Jesus, we just say no. And you need to ask the Lord to show you the various aspects of fear. Ask him to say, Lord, show me. Don't let it lay uh, hidden and don't let it be dormant. Don't let it be uh, like, well, I thought that was just I was concerned about. Or or maybe something that, whatever it is, there is a spirit of fear. Ask him to show you if there's any way that you've given ground to fear. Thank you, thank you. Lord, we love you and we bless you. We thank you that, Lord, you're setting us free. You're exposing lies. You're helping us to discover truth. And we help you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us is going to prosper. We thank you that you paid at the cross with your blood. You shed your life. You gave your life. You took the punishment that was due us, and you died for us. And Lord, we're so grateful and thankful. We are so grateful. We love you, and we bless you. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this timely message. Pastor Terry and Susan Moore had a life-changing encounter with the Lord in August of 1982. They opened their home to a Bible study, which turned into a church now located in Carrollton, Texas. They have never been the same and hope that you encounter Christ in a real way. For more, connect to jterrymore.org.